Hello and welcome to the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, Whiskey Madness 2021, the road to the final pour, a four-week-long blind tasting tournament featuring 16 whiskeys from around the world. I'm Scott, and joining me as always is Ed. Hey, everybody. So excited. (laughs) Sorry, I I, I stepped on it. So excited. I stepped on it again. (laughs) Still so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, recent five-time host jacket recipient, master mixologist, breaker of ties, and the first of his name, Anders. Bow before me. As it was last year, our venue is the breathtaking Whiskey Tangent Arena in picturesque downtown Marlton, New Jersey, better known as my kitchen. And today we'll be passing judgment in round one of the American Bourbon and Rye Brackets. But before we do, Ed's going to get the tournament started off right by revealing the eight new whiskeys who will be fighting to make their whiskey dreams come true. That's right, Scott. Thanks. So the first decision we had to make is that nobody was going to return to defend their titles from last year of the brackets. We're going to start right. with 16 brand new whiskeys. And I think this is more fun for all of us. Yeah, exciting. So the wrinkle we did this year for the bourbon bracket is we decided to make them all bottled and bond. Now, all of these have appeared in some format or in some way on the podcast. The first bracket will feature the top seed, which is E.H. Taylor small batch bottled and bond going against the fourth seed, Evan Williams bottled and bond. The second seed is Heaven Hills Bottle and Bond going against that upstart Tennessee George Dickel Bottle and Bond. Mm. <laughs> and there's lots to say about them. We'll come back to it. And yeah. in the rye bracket, the top seed will be Knob Creek Rye going mm. against another uh, upstart Tennessee whiskey yeah. in Corsair's Dark Rye. It's true. The second seed, Journeyman's Last Feather Rye, will go against that Vermont-based Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye which surprised all of us in our episode that featured it against the 12-year. Yeah, it actually upset its own 12-year to be here. It did, and Anders has opinions about that, which we will get to later. (laughs) And uh, tune in next week to learn about which eight international whiskeys will be in that side of the bracket. Right. But for now, it's a good old USA whiskey drinking day. Yeah, so what do you guys think of just focusing on the four whiskeys in the bourbon bracket? The fact that they're all bottled in bond, does that sort of even the playing field? Or not? Um, I think it definitely opens things up for more possibilities and helps make more of a distinction. Mm. Last year, you know, with things like the Old Forester 1920, we had a lot of variance in the proofage. So I'm really yeah. excited this year for our, uh, our contestants to see how they fare. Yeah, so uh, because of the same proofage, you're really going to start focusing on the flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. instead of trying to worry about, oh, this is too high, this is too low, did I water it down too much or not? Yes, I agree. Yeah. And once again, to be labeled Bottle and Bond, a real quick review, we've been over it several times on the podcast, the whiskey must be a product of one distillation season and one distiller at a single distillery, aged in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision for at least four years, and it must be bottled at exactly 100 proof. Additionally, the Bottle and Bond label must clearly identify the distillery where it was distilled and where it was bottled. Okay? So... All of these will fall under that parameters. So they're at least four years old. Yeah. So now switching to the rye bracket, just in general, these four ryes uh, 
God, they're so different from each other. I feel like there's three unique upstarts against the mass market king of the hill knob creek this is really exciting for me personally i, I think we're really well represented regionally mm. um yeah with all of these rides as well we've got was it michigan we've got vermont we've right got kentucky like it, it's really and tennessee and yeah. tennessee yeah yeah there's so, four different states interesting yeah, and we didn't even like plan that four corners situation yeah. i think that i mean it's really going to come down to how the whiskeys are tasting today but we'll see which one takes it all home yeah yeah ed right. what do you think about it oh i think it's interesting in the fact that the proofages are different they're going to be all over the flavors are all different you have some like six year age piggyback to the eight month aged Corsair yeah, dark ride. I know. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, what they do in eight months, they should do a clinic for everybody else. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Really? And um, this is my favorite day of the tournament. I'm not going to lie because I get to taste eight American whiskeys and I love American whiskey. So let's get started. All right. So uh, Andres has moved over to the preparation area and he's going to pour the two expressions. So before Anders hands us the glasses, I'm going to read the rules. We have four tasting glasses, two marked A and two marked B. Anders will pour one of the whiskeys in the A glasses and the other in the B glasses and then hand one each to Ed and me for tasting. Ed and I will then indicate our choices on the official Whiskey Madness 2021 scoring cards, hand them to Anders, and he will read the results. If Ed and I have agreed, Anders will declare that whiskey the winner. If Ed and I have disagreed, which Anders hopes we always do. What can I say? Get thirsty. (laughs) That's right. We'll go into overtime in which Ed will pour glasses A and B for Anders. He will taste them and then declare his choice the winner. So the first matchup we have is the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond versus the George Dickel Bottle and Bond. The Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond is the number two seed in this category. The mash bill is 78% corn, 10% rye, 12% malted barley. Its proof, of course, is 100. Its age, seven years. Uh, The distiller and bottler is Heaven Hill in Bardstown, Kentucky, and the owner is the Shapira family. Fun facts. We featured this on a quick taste short that we released back in November 2020. It's a recent, somewhat controversial expression from Heaven Hill as it replaced their far cheaper six-year bottle and bond expression that they had been making since 1939 and selling for less than $15. And people had opinions. Yeah. Uh, Heaven Hill, of course, is one of our favorite distilleries. They sent Mm -hmm. three whiskeys to last year's tournament, Mm. McKenna, Bottle and Bond, Larceny, and Pikesville. And even though they sent only two this year, they're the only distillery to send multiple whiskeys in this year's tournament. And after Henry McKenna's shocking loss to Bullet Rye last year, I think the Shapira family, who are right now up in the luxury boxes, looking down on the Whiskey Chanta (laughs) Marina, uh, they're looking to their namesake bottle and bond to take them back to the final pour. Mm. The tasting notes are oak, roasted nuts, baking spices, herbal citrus, and fruit. Ed? So it's going against the George A. Dickel bottle and bond, aged 11 years. Heavy corn mash bill, 84% corn, mm. 8% wheat. Oh. Okay, which is a wrinkle in this ah, one. And 8% different. malted barley. Very different. 
on the nose, you're looking for toasted marshmallows and some buttered Italian bread. I had to say that just because I've never seen buttered Italian bread in the nose before, and I love that. <laughs> and of course, a few years ago, they had a 13-year-aged Balamban that won a lot of awards. So mm-hmm. it brought a lot more attention to this release. Right. Um, and I don't know that this has quite as much fire to it as the other one as far as its popularity. But 11 years, it's a very nice product. Yeah, and we, we tasted this before. Yes. We did a Tennessee whiskey episode back in uh, November, I think we yep. released it. And uh, I remember liking it. Yes. Of course, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Uh, Tennessee whiskeys are bourbons, but they have an extra step that they do, that yep. uh, sugar maple charcoal filtering thing that right. they do mm. uh, to mix it a Tennessee whiskey. But uh, that's why, yeah, the Lincoln County process. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think about both of these whiskeys uh, so i'm really thrilled to be possibly enjoying this if it comes down to a tie uh <laughs> because they're both whiskeys that i really enjoy i've always like kind of turned to the heaven hill i really came around to this uh love near george dickel over the past year or so all right i think it's time to taste them anders please hand us the glasses oh my god uh, gentlemen so here excited. is oh, a awesome mm-hmm. shit okay all right I love this so much <laughs> and oh and b. and b all right okay gonna smell them Compare color, maybe? Mm, they're pretty similar. Very similar in color. Smelling A. Smelling B. Mm. Mm. B seems a little bit more alcohol I, in the nose. I got that, too. Yeah. And yet they're both 100 proof, which right. is what I love about this. I know. All right. Are you sipping already? I just took a sip. Okay. Mm. Mm. Like uh, more peanuts in A, I think. Hmm. The real question is how can Ooh. how can B taste so much stronger than A? B tastes way stronger than A. They're exact same proof. I totally agree, Ed. B tastes way stronger than A. Interesting. Okay, so now I'm going to try to smell that Italian buttered bread or whatever. That will we'll we'll know which like, one is which. Like proper Italian bread or like focaccia. Like <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's where my brain was. Oh, focaccia bread is just fucking delicious. Oh man, so I made some bread for the first time in my life last Did week. Did you? Yeah, I made some uh, Irish brown bread. Uh, oh. It was the first bread I ever made. I, I don't shit about making bread. I just did it one time last week when I was bored. Uh, or maybe because I have some exciting plans for it in the next couple of months. <laughs> making bread is fun. I made a stromboli for the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. I was so disappointed with every aspect of the Super Bowl this past year. Absolutely. Um, like in fighting and like boxing or like mixed martial arts. Uh, I like the Joe Rogan. Uh, it's like sometimes you want to see a war and sometimes you want to see a slaughter. Right. <laughs> like in boxing. Sometimes you want to see a really technical like lawn drawn out boxing match where it's like you don't know who's going to come out on top mm-hmm. people zig people zag and then sometimes you want to watch the mike tyson in the <laughs> 80s just kick execute somebody <laughs> and then you know have a speech like i'll eat your children <laughs> yeah, you say everybody has a plan until i hit them That's what oh yeah about. everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face well, that's one yeah. of my favorite sayings of all yeah, time it's, it's not false <laughs> i submitted my choice it has submitted my. his uh his choice all right. I have submitted mine as well. All right, All right. The picks are in. This is thrilling. <laughs> are you ready for the first one? Yes. Yeah. So yes. it's Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond versus George Dickel Bottle and Bond. And the winner is... Heaven Hill. Oh! Yay! We did it. No way. 
Wow. And I thought that the George Dickel was the one that was having a little bit more heat. And at first, when I first sipped it, I'm like, mm, maybe this is the complexity I'm tasting. And you know what? It wasn't a bad whiskey. It's damn good. But the flavor came through again and again on the Heaven Hill. Yeah. Heaven Hill, it was a little smoother. Yeah. It was a little more integrated, the flavors. George yeah. Dickel seemed to me to be like all over the place. Mm. Like it didn't know what it wanted to be. And the last sip that I had of the Glass B, which was the George Dickel, was really harsh. It, yeah. it, like, it had a really off note. And I was like, you know what? I'm going with A. Right. At first, I was trying to talk myself into B because I thought that maybe yeah. the proofage was... I was too. I thought, you know what? Maybe this is more complex. I'm like, no, it's just a little less smooth. And less smooth isn't a pus. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Anders, please pour yourself... A glass Hill. of whichever, whichever, whichever one, one you, you want. Whichever one you enjoy to help you uh, lubricate the gears as we get through this process. The first one, we have a winner. Heaven Hill Ballon Bond is moving on and uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with E.H. Taylor Ballon Bond against Evan Williams Ballon Bond for the uh, top seat against the fourth seat. All right. I'm the type of dude who will not remain nameless. I'm the type of dude who is headed for greatness. I'm the type of dude who could really make changes. Cause I'm the type of dude that's becoming contagious. I'm the type of dude that will always be ageless. I'm the type of dude that will always feel shameless. I'm the type of dude that they say is fucking heinous. Cause I'm the type of dude that you know is fucking dangerous. Okay, so we're back, and we have the matchup. Yep. Evan Williams versus Colonel E.H. E. Taylor, bottle both bond. bottle and bond. So I'm going to talk about Evan Williams first. No, seven. I was supposed to go first. That's why you came in. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you're, uh, you're right. Who, who's been drinking all day <laughs> and then needs sleep? Now we need cocaine. JK, JK. Okay, so Ed's going to start us off with his description of Colonel E.H. Taylor. Well, first of all, what an exciting top seed of the bourbon bracket mm. from the mysterious and elusive Buffalo Trace Distillery. <laughs> E.H. Taylor is technically owned and coached by those people at Sarzarek Whiskey Company. Sarzarek? Sarzarek. Thank God we're all wearing masks. Sazerac. Sarzarek. <laughs> That's why I said it. From Sarzarek. No, some Sazerac. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening right now. Okay. Okay. So E.H. Taylor is technically owned and coached by the Sazerac <laughs> Company. And just the fact that we're able to find, and I think this is something that we really need to appreciate. Okay. We're able to actually find a Buffalo Trace product, a full bottle of it, to have it here today. <gasps> so that alone yeah. is a treat and a half. It's once again 100 proof because it's a bottle and bond. Mm-hmm. Um, it retails for around $45. And this is the introductory bourbon in the E.H. Taylor Whiskey lineup, which also includes an ongoing releases of a single barrel, the barrel proof, and a rye variant, mm. yeah. along with some one-offs throughout the year. Yeah, they have a lot of different ones. They come in those uh, big cylinders. You've seen yeah. them in the liquor store. Dude, You're definitely well, uh, have you? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe not recently, but... <laughs> not this past year and a half. No, so. it's true. Right. So uh, with the exception of their barrel-proof bourbon, all of these are bottle and bond expressions. Mm. Okay. What you want to look for this on the nose, it's butterscotch and a caramel. Okay. Maybe some licorice. Ooh. Um, they say on the palate, charred oak and vanilla, a little bit of a floral twist. Uh, and the finish is vanilla, light tobacco, leather, and white pepper. 
And um, I'm really interested to see how it holds up against the Challenger today. And I really want to see if it's as complex as I remember. Because if so, I think this might be my choice to maybe take the tournament. Yeah. One of the few whiskeys that we have in this whole tournament that we have not done on our podcast. No. No. We have not. We've had it separately, just mm. ourselves and yeah. bars, etc. cetera. Right. So um, it's going up against the Evan Williams bottle and bond. Its mash bill is 78% corn, 10% rye, 12% malted barley. It's 100 proof, of course. It's aged four years. It's a Heaven Hill product. This is sort of the little brother of the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond, right. which just won, and we featured it on our Whiskalania short way back in September 2019. Right. Uh, I think the most amazing thing about this whiskey is its price, which you can sometimes find under like $15, making it the cheapest Bottle and Bond expression on the market. Right, and it's the little, little, little brother to the 10-year uh, Henry McKenna yeah. Bottle and Bond, which is from the same family. Yeah, because Heaven Hill has like four Bottle and Bond expressions. Right. It's crazy. Right. Um, in review after review that I read to get reacquainted with this brand it consistently receives high marks for its depth of flavor complex nose and the shock of how a bourbon this cheap could possibly be this good its tasting notes are sweet caramel vanilla cherries floral nuttiness charred wood and baking spices right and the other three ball and bonds in the bracket are at least twice as expensive if not more yeah i feel like colonel e.h taylor might already be looking past this to the next matchup with a heaven hill ball and bond if they're not careful, yeah. they'll be sitting on the sidelines while Evan Williams takes on his older brother. Mm, Anders, what do you think about these so, two? So firstly, I'm going to make a little uh, a wager with myself, let's say. All right. If they are readily available, either Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond or Evan Williams Bottled and Bond, take the bourbon bracket. Mm. I will forego Buffalo Trace and make them the local lounges well bourbon. Wow. Oh. Which, so I, I can't realistically do it with the E.H. Shaler for obvious reasons. But right. I do have it, Buffalo Trace. Which it's hard to find and it's more expensive. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, I haven't been able to get in a bottle of E.H. Taylor at the local lounge just at all. Wow. Yeah, I noticed it's not one of your whiskeys that you have. Yeah. yeah. I, did, yeah. I ordered it. Right. <laughs> Fucking Buffalo Trace, right? Yeah. We talked about it many times. It's, you know, just I, don't get me started. I... <laughs> I've said on the podcast that I would love to um, work for Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. over this past year, um, maybe not with everything that's been going on. Yeah, I I still would love to work for Buffalo Trace. I okay. love all of their products. I'm disappointed. Mm. I expect better. Yeah, it reminds me of the cheese shop episode of Monty Python. <laughs> where it's like it's like you have some whiskey. Oh, best whiskey shop in town. Devin East Taylor. Oh, all out of Taylor. Oh yeah. Oh, we're all out. How about some Eagle Rare? Oh, rare around here is these pots. Well, how about Buffalo Trace? Uh, not much demand for it around here. <laughs> it's uh, the it's single the most popular bourbon in the world. It's about. <laughs> yeah, it's about as elusive and hard to find as a buffalo. Yeah, wow. Oh, right. real quick. Um, for the E.H. Taylor, the age and the mash bill are both undisclosed. I didn't avoid saying oh. them. They just don't exist. All right. So I think all that's left to do is to taste them. Anders, if you will do the honors. All right. Anders, yeah. if you do the honors. A. A. <laughs> A. Okay. And B. And B. Wow, they both smell really similar. Interesting. They do. Ed, you're you're not wrong, and not much difference in color. Nothing that's jumping out. That's crazy for the price difference. It's crazy. Oof. I mean, I guess with the proof, you probably would expect them to be mm, similar in color. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not necessarily. Well, not necessarily because no. the, the Henry McKenna ten years is, is is six years older than the Evan Williams, so right. that's right. going to probably H, be darker. That, that's also true. 
holy shit, very similar on the taste too. Are you finding that? Yes. I'm going to sip it once again, neat, and then add some water. Because I've noticed a difference in the finish. I wonder. If oh, in the be. finish. Yes. Pro- I, possibly. I wonder if this will turn out in a tie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. No. Anders is smacking his lips. It's like, I, I get to drink. I, Yay. Okay. So one tastes a little harsher to me hmm. on the finish. They both have a very initial palate, very similar. Yes. But, but mm. one finishes much better to me. Right. You have to examine it because you're right. The nose is similar and the first taste you get out of it right on the tip of the tongue is very similar. Interesting. But then after that, there's a harshness, I think, to the B. Are you tasting the harshness to the B or no? Well, now I poured water in it, so who knows? Mm. I'm getting a lot of peanuts on the smell of A. Oh, God, it's like peanut brittle and not so much on the B. Mm. Can you give me like a quarter ounce more? Mm. I just need another taste of each. It's that close. Yeah. So I think right now, if nothing else, we're showing why you should do this at home. We say this every year. We have a basically an $18 bottle and bond going against a $45 bottle and bond, and we are struggling to choose which one we like better. And the $45 one that you can't really find anymore, but right. Evan Williams is ubiquitous. Looked at the bottom shelf. It's you'll not, see it's it. It's not only ubiquitous, but you can get it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> English major comedy. <laughs> All right. I, I think I've decided. I think it's having a little bit more. Well, let me try it again. <laughs> I've submitted mine. I've oh, submitted mine. It is submitted his as well. All right. It was fucking ridiculously tough. It, uh, but I, mean, I really thought that the other one I didn't choose just kind of dropped off at the finish. And the other one had a much more sustained. Finish. Yeah. I didn't like the finish of the one I didn't choose. Exactly. Okay. All right, the results are in. All right. And it's... A tie. Oh! oh shit. shit. Well, Anders gets his wish. All right, what should we choose? I chose B. Right? Uh, I chose A. You chose B, and you chose A. Yeah. Do you want to know which whiskeys they yeah, were? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. And you chose the E.S. Taylor, and yeah. Scott, you chose the Evan I Williams. chose the Evan Williams. Yeah. Wow. All right. So I'm going to get over there. Anders is going to assume the tie-breaking station. Yes. And I'm going to right. assume his station and pour him a dram of each to try. Overtime. Okay, so Ed has poured A and B for Anders. Once again, this is Colonel E.H. Taylor, Bottle and Bond, versus Evan Williams, Bottle and Bond. Anders, of course, is here to break the tie. He's looking at the glasses. He's looking at the color. He's doing his whiskey bartender thing. <laughs> I don't actually have enough time to actually do this sort of thing when I'm working. But no, I know. I wish I could. Yeah. Amazing that I chose... Evan Williams, the cheap eighteen dollar. Yeah, it's amazing. He's uh, working on the nose right now, which yeah. is we found to be very similar. But uh, yeah, I get a little bit more sweetness off of B in the nose. Okay, I'm like super going in depth, uh, and specifically, if you want to get really, really in depth in terms of nosing things, um, you have one nostril that is more attuned uh, to scent than the other. I don't know exactly the biology behind it, but one of them works more. Play around with it. Close one nostril, open the other, and then also open your mouth as well while you're sniffing. While he's nosing, I have to mention that the packaging E.H. Taylor is. A fancy comes in a tube with a beautiful label and a Evan Williams label looks like it's from 1952 
it's like monochromatic. No, you it's said like that two before. Colors, right? When I handed it to you, yeah. you said my hand turned black and white. <laughs> That's right. It's like, seriously. I'm going to be honest. In terms of the packaging, yeah, I prefer the Evan Williams. Do you? I love it. I love... You don't like the cylindrical sort of scotch-like presentation? I think presentation? it's nice. It's too much. I've tried to speak about how I, I believe in democratizing whiskey. Oh, like they're trying too hard. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. too much spin on it. It's yeah. like, just have a good product. I kind of like the nostalgia of like a dimly lit old bar mm-hmm. not from like a speakeasy you know uh library threw up on a brothel speakeasy <laughs> so just to go back to that nasal thing you were talking about at any one time only one side of your nasal passages are actually open mm. the other one's closed mm-hmm. so it could be that normally in yours i can't remember mm-hmm. said with the right left or right, right is usually open wow see this is stuff i never knew i know it's a, it's yeah. fascinating drink the whiskey <laughs> I just had A. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. What'd you just drink? Oh, God. Somebody doesn't like learning. That's <laughs> <laughs> a teacher. I, I hate that learning. Thing. Learning. Uh, so did you taste both? I did taste okay. both. Okay. I have to come back around to them. Um, when, when you have made your decision, all you have to do is say A or B, and then Ed will reveal the winner. I choose B. And B is... Evan Williams has upset E.H. Taylor in the opening round. <laughs> Woohoo! Unbelievable. Honors and I chose the I same one. I can't believe uh, it. We chose the cheap ass Ricky. <laughs> I know what it is. Believe it. Uh, it's similar to the George Dickel in the last round. I find E.H. Taylor far too astringent. Yeah, it's so um, interesting. They're both so similar, but that was what the tiebreaker was for me. The finish is too astringent. It just like soaks all the sweetness up from my tongue. Right. Yeah. And okay. and like I want that it, right. sweetness from the corn to last a little bit longer. And Evan Williams does that. It's interesting. I wanted the sip to last longer, mm-hmm. and I felt the Evan Williams was a bit of a short finish. And I mean now in retrospect i see what you're saying because it wasn't like a slam dunk for me i felt like there was some more complexity to the finish of the eh taylor Mm -hmm. which is why i chose it Mm -hmm. but i exactly see what you're saying Mm -hmm. because when the evan williams was done it was deliciously done it ended on a nice sweet candy note yeah so i'm not disappointed with what happened no i think that this is the first example of why you want to shop with your palate and not your prestige and sorry buffalo trace i'm a big fan of eh taylor likewise but in this case, next time they're on the shelf next to each other, I'll buy two of the, the Evan Williams and call it a day. Right. I, this is a huge upset. <laughs> it's massive. This is the biggest upset we've ever had. Yeah. The three and four seed? Honestly. What, this it? is cr- yes. yeah, the first yeah. and fourth seed. Yeah. yeah. So now Incredible. Evan Williams goes against its big brother, Heaven Hill. Now, there's no way on paper that a four-year should beat a seven-year from the same company. Probably the same mash bill. Yes, it is. But watch what happens. Anything's possible, and we'll see what happens next round between Heaven Hill Ball and Bond and Evan Williams Ball and Bond. Right. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the rye bracket, but holy fucking cow, what a shocker today. Crazy. And we gonna make it out this hole And ain't nobody stopping us, no So watch me as I go, watch me as I grow And we ain't gonna take it slow And we gonna make it out this hole And ain't nobody stopping us, no So watch me as I go, watch me as I grow Yeah, I'm the fucking show
Okay, so we're back. We're still reeling from that crazy upset. That was insane. In the bourbon bracket. I can't believe that just happened. Oh, Fuck, man. man. So uh, here we are with the rise. Um, I I'm feel gonna... like I jinxed by saying that E.H. Taylor, every time I say somebody has a potential to win a tournament, <laughs> oh my God, I said right. the same thing Old Forester last year. Eight, and they uh, lost in the 1920, first round. and I got the fuck knocked out. In the my, my two favorites for the bourbon bracket got I know. knocked out in the yeah. first round. So, I, yeah. Yeah. It's Heaven crazy. Hill. Fucking Heaven Hill. I know. So... Here we are with the rise. If you listen to our preview mm. special announcement that we released last week, you heard us talk a little bit about how the rye bracket was going to be very interesting. We had from four different states. Yep. We have three sort of upstarts going after the Kentucky mass market one in the next bracket, Knob Creek, and the elephant in the room. Last year's controversial winner, Bullet Rye, mm. wasn't invited back. No. They got a little too cocky, right? They lashed out at the haters. They began a year-long descent into seedy <laughs> underbelly of the whiskey competition circuit. <laughs> and last we heard, they were snorting too much coke off the paunchy midriffs of too many cheap whores. So the field right now is that sounds wide- like a lovely evening. <laughs> the field right now is wide open. We have three unique but relatively unknown ryes. Vying to take down the number one seed, Knob Creek. Um, to our future sponsor, Bullet Rye, I don't know what just happened to Scott. I'm thinking it's some type of an aneurysm. We're going to get him checked out with an ultrasound, maybe a CAT scan. We love you, Bullet Rye. Bullet Rye went through some stuff. <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from. We love you, Bullet Rye, but uh, they're not here today. We'd never do anything wrong to you, baby. Right. <laughs> no, we fact, love you. In fact, right to us, baby. whoever wins this tournament will have to have a date with Bullet Rye to see which one's better <laughs> on a blind well, taste. Mm. So, Ed's going to get us started with the first contender in the first bracket of the rise the number two seed well it's the number three seed isn't it? the number three seed <laughs> it could have been a contender right, so, i'm sorry let's do that again could have been somebody <laughs> the number three seed piggyback rye that's it from our friends at whistlepig it's got a 96.56 proof mm. from potentially the most overhyped and overpriced distillery in the wow. industry wow throwing not, some shade already not just me saying that but no, there's that's their criticism it's true the piggyback rye was one of the surprises this year on the Whiskey Tangent podcast, mm. upsetting its distillery mate, the old world 12-year mm. from Whistle Pig, that mm. we thought that this tasted better. Mm-hmm. It surprised both of us. It's sourced from Alberta distillers. It's a 100% rye whiskey, and they certainly achieved their mark for versatility, increasing the proofage of it so that it mixes better. But the problem is... Whistlepig makes you feel like it's somehow a bargain at $50 when <laughs> Anders, help me here, it's not yeah, a bargain at $50. I, I teased right. earlier that Anders had opinions on this, so go ahead, Anders. So piggyback was supposed to be a well ride. Mm-hmm. Right, that's how they marketed it to you, yeah. right? Rittenhouse is a well ride. It's a great ride. Right. By Heaven Hill. Yeah, Heaven Hill. Yeah, exactly. They do a great job. <laughs> um, about 28 bucks in the stores. Exactly. It's affordable. It makes yeah. sense. Right. Yes. It makes sense. Like, if you want to have something in your well, it needs to be able to be priced where it's good enough to hold up in a bar with a good cocktail program. It also needs to be affordable enough for them to put it in a dive. Right. So, it has the, to be like less than 30, right? Yeah. Ideally, it is around 20 for the, for the wholesale not, price. Not what you find on the shelf. Yeah. Right. Generally, you're going to be paying a three to four times the market for liquor. That's normal. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's normal. It's industry standard. But Whistle Pig. Whistle Pig. They sell two ounces of Whistle Pig piggyback for $14. When do the math on that, 
it's going to be around 40-ish, which is $10 more right. than the high end of what I want to be putting in my well. Right. Uh, so you're that, losing money if you use it as your well. Either that or I have to jack have up to my jack prices. have to jack the prices up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right now, I'm doing an old-fashioned with Rittenhouse Rye, or mm-hmm. Rye Old Fashioned. 12, right? Yeah, 12 bucks. Same for the Manhattan. 12 if you, bucks. If you want their well, Manhattan or Old Fashioned, it's $12, mm-hmm. which, yeah. which is very, very standard. A couple bucks more if yeah. you want something a little bit more yeah. like, elaborate. If, yeah, if you're paying $8 for Manhattan, then enjoy your white label Jim Beam Manhattan. That's up right. to you. Yeah. So it's not that the piggyback is bad. It's not. It's just priced too high to be what they said that it was going to be. Right. It right. says, oh, here's this well expression that we're going to have for Whistle Pig, and you're expecting something between $25 and $30, and it comes out at like $40, $45, and you're like, I can't use this as a well. Yeah. Right. Fuck you. Trust me. Yeah. And that's how they build it. It wasn't like, uh, we're coming out with like another more affordable Whistle Pig. It was right. like, here's one that you can make cocktails with. It's like, <laughs> and all the bartenders like, no, we can't. Right. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Which no. is why I think they made the proof high which is why I think we like it. Right. All right, so um, to go over it real quick. I'm just um, a jilted lover. Yeah. <laughs> it's six years old. Like we said earlier, it's 96.56 proof. On the palate, they say to look for more rye bread, some butterscotch, raspberry candy, some citrus, and copper and oak. To me, it's very floral in the finish, too. They don't say that, but that was my memory. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's going to be going against the number two seed, which mm-hmm. is the last feather rye by yeah. Journeyman. So this is a weeded rye. Its mash bill is 60% rye, 40% wheat. Comes in at 90 proof. There's no age statement. Its distiller, bottler, and owner is the Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks, Michigan. Mm. We've never featured Journeyman or this product no. on our podcast, but despite having started distilling only 10 years ago, they have an impressive lineup of 23 craft spirits. Wow. Sourced using local Michigan ingredients, including 10 whiskeys, three gins, two rums, two vodkas, a brandy, and several liqueurs that are all certified organic and kosher. We did, however, talk about this expression that we're featuring right now on our top 10 rise of the unwashed podcast co-hosts, mm. a short that we did last summer, uh, wherein we each picked uh, three and then we picked Bullet Rye and right, we did right, our right, top 10. Right, right. It's one of my favorite whiskeys that I've countered in the past two years. And oddly enough, though, in looking at the tasting notes, I feel like I'm being gaslit because what I taste on this is cherry spiced candy, but their tasting notes generally consensus. I've looked up three or four and it's ripe banana, creme brulee rye spice, vanilla, tobacco, and oak. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? There's no cherry in there. Yeah, right. So you're, That's you're what wrong. I mean. You must be crazy. I, <laughs> you're gaslighting me. Everyone's <laughs> gaslighting me. So let's get to it. We're right. doing the uh, piggyback versus the journeyman last feather rye. And Anders has poured the glasses. Please hand them to us. There's A. A. Sniff. Wow. Smells so different than the last bracket. Last brackets, they all had similar noses. And now here comes B. B. Oh, God. Mm. This is going to be so hard. I get a little more off A. A little bit more of the rye. A little of the sweetness. B is a little subdued. It's a B smells. Mm. I smell. I don't know. I smell unique smells on B. All right, B. Pay attention. Don't be a B. Don't be a B. Damn it. <laughs> I beat you to it. I beat you to it. So dumb. <laughs> mm, wow. Mm. Wow. It's so different. I just wow. tasted both of them. Wow. And holy cow, they're different. That wow. Interesting. A is candy notes and a kind of a muted finish. And then B is complex and a really long finish. Mm. I already know from your description which one you're picking. Oh, not sure. <laughs> because they're rise, of course they're similar. So peppery. But the sweetness is where the difference lies. What kind of sweetness you're getting out of it? 
Did you say what the mash bill was? Is uh, it? It's 100% rye for the uh, piggyback. Right. Okay. So it's piggyback is 100% rye, right. whereas the last feather is only 60% with the rest of it wheat. I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you again, but sure. I, I do need another splash because even though I know what they both are now, I'm trying to determine which one I like better. Right. I'm going to take bigger gulps of each to see if I can determine. I'm having a trouble too. Uh, I'm up to make another little wager for the rye bracket. <laughs> I might do this for all of our brackets. Okay. Right. Might as well. If Journeyman ends up winning the rye bracket, I will look into getting a barrel of it. Oh, awesome. Wow. Barrel of it. Wow. Nice. So what do you think about these two? I don't think we asked you. Uh, aside from me being jolted over the piggyback, right. I, I do really enjoy it. Otherwise, there are some really interesting notes in there. I find Whistlepick to be uh, more floral and Journeyman to be almost like a like a baked good, like a cakiness to it. Yeah. Wow. Ed has made his decision. I am still... I poured some water in mine just to try to bring out more flavors. I, as I said, I'm pretty sure I knew which ones were which. Yeah. I went on a on what I would like to drink more of and more mm. often and what I thought was a better flavor profile. And I actually want them both in my life. Like, I, I like the contrast between them, with one being 100% rye and the other one being a weeded rye, which is so weird in itself. Uh, God, I'm really torn because I love really spicy, bold ryes. Yeah. And that's what B is. But A has such an amazing array of sweetness mixed into it that with I with a little bit of a of a rye spicy finish. Right. So I can't. Uh, I don't know which one I like better. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix them up in my hands. I'll, I, do, I'll do it to you. You want me to do it to you? Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. Do it to you blind. All right. Here we go. Ready? Blind. I still have. I still have plenty left in my right. glasses. So you hand me one, and I I will close my eyes and taste it. Okay. Here, put it down. Here's the other one. Okay. The second one. What's the second one? Just just circle the second one and hand it to honors. Okay. The results are in. It is. Oh, no. Journeyman Distillery. Wow. Uh, Honestly, Ed, yeah. when I was tasting it, because of what I knew with A and B and what I thought A and B were originally, but when I was blindfolded and you gave them to me and I chose the one I chose, I thought I was choosing the other the one. The other one was like, we, me and Anders talked about it. It was like drinking candy. The last feather was very, very sweet, but yet had enough rye finish to, to hold up and be a nice substantial drink. The Where piggyback being 100% rye was all floral, all spice, and a very long finish, and it's a tremendous whiskey. And what's funny is one once I identified in my mouth which was which, I'm like, well, Ed, you like the piggyback a lot, so you're probably going to choose that. That's the fight. But damn, I'm really enjoying the candy notes in The Journeyman, and I do like weeded bourbons, and this is a weeded rye, and so I went back, and that's why I got the extra pour, and um, I like one piggyback, but then I would rather have three of The Journeyman. Yeah. All right, so, so just to help me with my gaslighting, did you guys taste banana? Because um, I no, don't. No, I mean, I tasted... I still taste spicy cherry candy. I can't argue that. I, I tasted candy. I said it three you or know, four times tonight. I think I do, but like cooked banana. Okay. Not like Jack Daniels, but I get some of those like caramelized sugar. I'm thinking of like fried plantains. Maybe I've, I think I've had oh, those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But fried kind of that like, great. yeah, <laughs> that like kind of like caramelized Sugared, it, yeah like yeah. sometimes it can spill over into vanilla or creme brulee and a that's little, one of the other yeah, flavors exactly yeah notes. yeah that's what i'm kind of getting yes that but i, I also taste. see that like kind of like yeah it, maybe it's not really cherry and I'm, i get I'm cherry just, on the tip of my tongue uh -huh. on the palate and i get like that banana kind of note towards the middle of the tongue right 
right? right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone tastes what they taste, but yeah. I'm really excited that this is going on because, like I said, it was one of my favorite whiskeys of the past two years. It was just something that uh, I found off the shelf or something. Uh, yeah, Somebody something. introduced it to me. I can't yeah. remember who it was. You seconded it because we asked you about it, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm a I big fan it. of it. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, just really great. So just to establish as well, so far, E.H. Taylor, Bottles and Bond, George Dickel as well, and now uh, Whistlepig's offering the piggyback are all out of right. the race. I know. Yeah. Who could have it's amazing. predicted that? That's amazing. crazy. Yeah. I mean, we had Journeyman ranked second, but really, I think the selection committee was looking at the fact that Whistlepig is the lowest expression in their family of whiskeys, yes. and, and Journeyman is not. Journeyman yeah. is considered one higher of the higher selection. I think it's their best-selling one, actually. Well, I mean, it's, it's I a, believe so yeah. as well. And we have a good selection committee. They, they yeah. know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, yeah. And they're really very intelligent, talented, and handsome men. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So we're coming up with the last one. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the Knob Creek Rye and the very interesting Corsair Dark Rye from Tennessee, which we will talk about. I'm excited for this one. Oh, this is going to be fucking crazy. Anders has never tasted the Corsair Dark Rye. Uh, There are whiskeys that exist that I haven't had. Yeah, Not many, but there (laughs) are some. Nobody's hoping for a tie more than Anders, but we'll let let him have some anyway. We will see. Yeah. We're just getting started. I know that you want it, baby. Just get on it, ready to go. We know how to party. Pull out the Bacardi, feel it in my body. Put on a show. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Nah, we ain't never gonna slow down. How the girls looking hot like a hoe down. Everybody going off in my hometown, ready for a showdown. Keep it on the low now. We about to pop off like a bottle. Everybody knows that we're going full throttle. Drinking alcohol, yeah, straight from the nozzle. End of the night, end up horizontal. Hey everybody, welcome back. Now we're in the last match of the last bracket for the American Whiskey side of the tourney. So excited! Ooh, la, la. This is going to feature the top seed Knob Creek Rye versus the upstart Tennessee Small Craft Corsair Dark Rye. Mm. And Scott's going to get us started by talking about a selection from the monsters over at Beam Suntory. Right. Knob Creek Rye. Yeah, so this is the only mass market rye that we have. It is a Kentucky straight rye whiskey. Its mash bill is undisclosed. However, it is purported to be just above the 51% rye minimum. Uh-huh. Its proof is 100. There's no age statement, but it's probably a mix of four to five year rye with up to nine years. Yeah. Its distiller bottler is Jim Beam Distillery in Claremont, Kentucky. Its owner, of course, as Ed said, is Beam Suntory. Fun facts, we featured a cask strength version of this rye whiskey on episode 25, High Proof Prohibition Era Cocktails, one of the few cocktail episodes that Anders was not on, mm. where I used it to make the scofflaw, which mm. has quickly become the stuff of legend among those who've tasted it in our social group. Uh-huh. And just doing research for this, I discovered something interesting about the brand I never knew, and it made us never even wondered about where Knob Creek gets its name. Do you guys know? No, not at all. No, yeah, right. It's like, why didn't I ever ask this I question? I assumed it was just some creek in Kentucky. It is a creek in Kentucky, just south of Louisville. However, it was also the name of the farm where Abraham Lincoln lived as a child. What? Knob Creek Farm in That's Kentucky. That's pretty rad. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? What? It has tasting notes of rye spice, cherries, citrus peel, oak, peanuts, caramel, baking spices, pepper, 
and leather. There's a cherry you're looking for in the last whiskey. Well, that's right. <laughs> so we've talked many times about it. Knob Creek is my bourbon origin story, but right. I think I actually like the rye better. Right now you do. Yeah, yeah. However, despite it being the most well-known rye in the tournament, which is the main reason we seeded it at number one, yep. I think it has its work cut out for it. Right. So while this is the only mass produced from a conglomerate, right. Piggyback is pretty well distributed. So it's, it's sure, easy yeah. to find as opposed to the other two, which are not so easy to find. But it's not a major distillery. Right. No, I'm just saying it is. Yeah. It's, you know, you, most people can find it within their second store that they bump into. Yeah. The Corsair Dark Rye is much harder to find at 93 proof. It's a very unique mash bill. It's a combination of 61% malted rye, 4% malted chocolate rye, and 35% malted barley. <laughs> Make up the grain bill of a rich, delicious whiskey, which means a Corsair Dark Rye is technically both a rye whiskey and a malt whiskey. This produces exceptionally smooth rye whiskey with chocolate coffee and spice instead of green notes common to most ryes. This is from Corsair themselves. Right. Um, Tell them how old it is. I love this it part. Is, <laughs> it is a unique and interesting whiskey that carries much more maturity than its eight-month age statement would suggest. Yes, eight months. Eight months. They are truly a master to the small barrel. Crazy. They make it in 15-gallon batches. Hmm. But that doesn't keep me from wondering what it would taste like in a traditional barrel and aged four years. Right, right. Because what they get in the micro batches that they produce, like literally 15 gallons at a time. Mm -hmm. So they have little tiny 15-gallon barrels that they put it in? Yes. Wow, that's how they can do it. Yes. Nice. Surface area. Yeah. The the taste that we're looking for here is slightly woody, malt, char, some dark cocoa covered cherries, if you will. Ooh, more cherries. Baking spices, bits of menthol, Uh dried dark fruits, seal grains. Now, we've tried this. I tried this and was very very fond of it, but that was a long time ago. It was the same episode that we did the George Day. Right. So I feel like it's going to be an an amazing contrast. I love both of these. So putting them up against each other. Wow. Anders, what do you think? All right. Well, I mean, Knob Creek Rye is something that I've been familiar with and I've worked with for years now. Right. Um, I have not had the Corsair Dark Rye. Oh, right. this is so it's great. Kind of you know what? I hope it's a tie so that you get to taste right. it in a context where you have to make a decision about yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh, so he and here we go. Here we are. Here comes the A. Oh, boy. What a nose on A. And A's nose is amazing. B. A nose is amazing? Oh, amazing. On oh. Those parts. And B is very muted. Doesn't mean anything compared to the taste. Agreed, and we agree on the nose. A's is really in your face with a lot of different non-traditional flavor. I like I can't even identify. It's not like wow. oak or vanilla or even rye spice. Both of these, I just took a small taste of each. They're both so unique and spectacular, though. They're both great expressions. This is going to be really hard. God, the nose is so good in A. Before you even take a sip, it's in you. That's what she said. <laughs> I saw myself setting myself up for that one. <laughs> oh, we're five years old. Thank you. Oh, fuck. I know which one is which now. Yeah. I just tasted A. It's, it's the one with the nose. I fucking know right away. It's because it's got chocolate notes. Yeah. And that's the chocolate malt. Yeah. Oh, man. This I mean, reminds me of some of the matchups that we had last year. In our, uh, with the scotches. Uh, with the scotches. They were so yeah. distinct. And, and despite that, there were some serious upsets. Right, so there been, were. I will say this. The Knob Creek, which is B, is setting up like a <laughs> tremendous expression. Of, of rye whiskey. I mean, it is a spectacular, you know, depiction of what you want a rye to be. You could taste exactly everything that I said. And then, was there, in it. and then there's a Corsair over here that is just doing its own thing. 
which is basically impersonating a rye. And in fact, that it tastes like no other rye in America. <laughs> I feel like this is some sort of like weird flavored gin disguising itself as a rye whiskey. Now I'm curious. Yeah. Like all these interesting different flavors that you're not going to get in a regular rye whiskey. No, I want to compare it to like something like Tomcat or something like that. Ooh, what's, what's Tomcat? Tomcat is a barrel aged honey gin from Vermont. From wow. Distilleries. All right. I, I think Ed's about to make his decision. Mm. Kept one more little splash. <laughs> just a, just a. Oh my god! I'm not sure which one it is. A little one. No, it is. I just. <laughs> I'm done. My flavor profile of B. I've determined that I'm gonna end up becoming a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> you have the laugh for it. I do. You, you I, do have a laugh for it. It's very good. Teddy bear face and supervillain <laughs> laugh. Ed selection is in. There's nothing wrong with either one of them, but one is. Something that I want in my mouth more often than the other one. They're both so good. They're both amazing. I'm so loyal to my Knob Creek, right? But the Corsair is so good. All right, Ed, I'm going to need you. Sure. Because I know which one's which, and I'm biased now. So I want you to hand them to me, and I will drink them without looking. Okay. That's the first one. One A. Okay. One B. Um, I, I don't even know anymore. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say the first one. Scott's decision is in. The votes have been made. Better. We did much better this year. Uh, for you guys, I barely drank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. The die has been cast. Yes. The Rubicon has been crossed. Yes. And Julius Caesar says... Corsair. Wow. Our second number one has been upset. Last oh, year, God. for the record, holy shit. All four number ones made the final pour. This year, both number ones have been knocked out. And and they were properly seated. Corsair has no business being no. seated above four. No. It's an eight month old expression. And now Anders will taste it and weigh in on his opinion. Oh my god, Anders! In we fact, are I want so you to excited. taste both of them right now and tell me what you think. So I've had a couple of uh, different things from Corsair, but I haven't had this dark ripe. I've had uh, like some of their weirder stuff. Eight had the triple old. smoke. I've had the oat rage, and I've had the quinoa whiskey. Yeah, you had the quinoa in your bar, right? Uh, I do. I have the quinoa and the triple smoke in my bar. Okay, yeah, uh, the triple smoke we actually did also on the same episode that yes. we did the dark rye. Yes, right. The nose, bang. Let's see if. Isn't the nose amazing? Oh, yeah, that's loud. <laughs> I mean, it's not like loud, but it's like, it's distinct. Remember, eight months aged. <laughs> Such a dark horse. I fucking love it. And the Knob Creek was a perfect raw expression. Perfect. There's nothing it could have done better. It's terrific. What it's- that would have done against the Journeyman would have been fascinating to see, but it'll never yeah. happen because the Corsair was the best one today. So I got a, that Tomcat gin analogy might not be too far off. Yes, right? It's like a like, gin disguising itself as a rye. It's so, got so many flavors. It actually strikes me as like when distilleries do bottled cocktails. Okay. Like the 36 Parallel stuff mm-hmm. or even like High West's bottled Manhattans. They take their whiskey and then they add vermouth of their choice and bitters and things like that and actually bottle them up. I think it's great. I really like this. Um, I wanted to try it on ice and like right. wet ice because like I wanted yeah. to see if it held up really quick. Like yeah. that's the amazing thing. It's only eighty five proof. It's only eight months aged, yeah. and the flavor out of it, even on water or a globe, is still intense. Which I'm really astounded, and I'm really impressed by that. But like my mentality is like, all right, it's eighty five proof. It's super easy to drink and crushable. So what happens when right. you put on some like ice that's been sitting for a while? That does it go mm-hmm. flat? Mm-hmm. 
It doesn't. No, it's still there. It's still present. It's still effervescent. Please try the Corsair Dark Ride. I'm ordering it. Tomorrow. No, it's so interesting. It's so different from any kind of other ride that you. Yeah. It's so surprising the flavors that you get out of it. You don't know what to expect, and damn, I love it. Um, three of our four winners today, as of the recording of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We do not carry at the lunch. <laughs> uh, as of hopefully by the time you are listening to this, we will be offering all of them at an affordable rate for two. Oh, which one four. do you carry right now? Nice. The Heaven Hill? No, the Journeyman. All right. So I will be bringing in the Corsair Dark Rye. I will be bringing in the uh, Evan Williams Bottle and Bond and the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond as soon as humanly possible. Wow. Who, who knew that our uh, little whiskey tournament here was going to affect an actual bar? That's good. If you could find a bottle of Corsair Dark Rye, they're listing it at $45. How they put this shit out in eight months with this much of complexity and flavor, I don't understand. I guess it's a small batching. I guess yeah, that's it. it's the small barrels, right? You know, it, it's really reminiscent of uh, another small yeah. craft company that I really like in terms of what they're able to do in the compressed amount of time mm-hmm. yeah. with Garrison Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're hot. Yeah. Their, their rick houses are hot down in Texas. Yeah. And so, for example, a warehouse in Scotland might lose 1% to 2% of the angel share evaporation. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is going to be closer to 4 maybe five but in texas it's over seven percent yeah so they lose seven percent of their barrels in evaporation which ages their stuff rapidly and draws more out of the wood quicker and i guess tennessee probably in the same boat right because they're south of kentucky yeah and, uh, and they're on the same well, meridian with a lot i'd of, imagine it'd be somewhere in the middle like maybe closer to like five and a half to six yeah. percent yeah 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 all right. Well, man, this has been a, a completely surprising two brackets yeah, for the absolutely. American bourbons in the rise. All right. To sum up, moving forward, we're going to have Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond bourbon versus its younger label mate, which is Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. Mm, right. In the rye bracket, we're going to have Journeyman's Last Feather Rye going against the upstart from Tennessee Corsair. Wow. You're going to have to wait for that, though, because next week, tune right. in for the international side of the bracket which was two scotches and two Irish whiskeys. Right. Then whiskeys from Japan, India, France, and Canada. Ooh. Nice. So for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. I'm Anders. And cheers, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we can't wait to see you next week as we head towards the final pour. Scored. <laughs> Later. And you're not that great, man. Stop what you're saying. Stop what you're making. Everybody here knows that you just fake it.